Good evening, and welcome back to another edition of the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined as always by my buddy Rob. What's up, Rob? Nothing. Just uh, hanging out, trying to recover from a, I'd say, B-plus Super Bowl. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think B-plus is the right call. Yeah, right? Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. it was a good it game for a while, then it's called, and yeah. Yeah. It was, it was Most of us were rooting for the other team, but... Correct. Yeah. <laughs> if they had tied it up on the last drive, that would have... It could have gotten to an A. It was just hundred like, percent. Eh. And I think I was. I, I've been very spoiled by these playoffs where I, I wanted fireworks and right down to the end. And that was a close yeah. game, which is better than we got growing up most years. But all in all, I would just say kind of like you know, it was fine, good game, but yeah. not great. Certainly not super memorable. Yes. So now we are fully into spring mode. Uh, we've got the lacrosse season started this week. Some good individual performances, obviously. Uh, some stuff to go back and look at the tape uh, for the team, but no shame in a loss to the number two Tar Heels to start the season. And some good, I, I thought, you know, I thought there were some some seeds planted of some good good play there. And then uh, we get softball on Saturday. <laughs> and uh, Rob, we'll talk about this in a second, but I mean, I don't know if you, over the weekend there was softball. JMU did not play this weekend, but some teams played uh, this week. And the... JMU's future opponents did them a lot of favors this week. Yeah, picked up some wins. Uh, by winning. In terms of like if they're hope yeah, if they're hoping for at large selection, um, their strength of schedule went way up <laughs> this weekend with it wins did. by many of their future opponents. Yeah, notably Duke and UCF. UCF uh, one too. JMU's yeah. gonna play. Yeah, UCF, Duke, yeah, a bunch of those teams. Um so that was good news without even playing a game. So, and this, and UConn too. I think UConn had a SEC win this week. So that's who JMU opens the season with this weekend um, on Saturday. So r- right off the bat, getting, you know, chance for some good wins. So excited about that. As always, we are brought to you by Mossy Creek Fly Fishing in Harrisonburg, Virginia. You can go by the shop anytime. Uh, mention the podcast. You'll get free Mossy Creek stickers. Uh, really cool. They got some new fish, fish, fish stickers that look really cool. Um, on coolers, cups, trucks, what have you. Uh, so go by the shop. Big thanks to Mossy Creek. Looking forward to seeing those guys in person soon. Uh, and we are here for our annual Giving Day special, Rob. This year, yes. Giving Day is yes, Giving Day it's is coming, coming it's up. It's upon us. Yeah. It's upon us. Yeah. So it's two twenty two twenty two this year. Uh, it's next week, a week from a week from tonight. And I will say this, uh, we've had a lot of fun with this the last few years, ever since we've been doing the podcast, it was a big, uh, driver in helping us like cement our own relationships with the university. And we've been really supportive of this, but we've always done it from a Duke club angle. And tonight we are glad to be joined by a special guest and a third, we're really going to call him the uh, third host tonight. Uh, but we're joined by Trip Hughes from the JMU Alumni Association. So welcome, Trip. How are you? Hey, thanks, Todd and Rob. Thanks for having me. Uh, doing pretty well. I-, I thought it was an A Super Bowl myself uh, <laughs> compared to the last couple of years where we got kind of blowouts. Uh, oh, yeah. I thought that was a pretty good game. Um, <laughs> I, I would have liked to see them tie it up, the Bengals tie it up, but it, yep. it was pretty good. But uh, thanks for having me. And, and long time listener and fan. So excited <laughs> to be here. And um, I, I want to say off the bat, just thank you guys for all that you do for, for JMU, for JMU sports. And um, I mean, I looked forward all pandemic having a newborn and being stuck at home to, uh, to those <laughs> occasional podcasts from you guys. So thanks so much. Yeah. We were struggling. You're welcome, but yeah, you're welcome. That. Thank, yeah. And congratulations on, on, the, the little one. That's exciting news. Yeah. Th- he's almost two now. So that's oh, just, yeah. Can- that's that, that's <laughs> sad thinking from the perspective of um, during the pandemic that we're still here, but yeah, was, he was born the second week of lockdown. So it was, it was pretty crazy. Hmm. Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah, well, first of all, just thanks for joining us tonight. Mm-hmm. Trip. We really appreciate it. And um, can we just get right off to it? Like, can you just tell everybody what your role is with the Alumni Association and, and what you guys are trying to push for Giving Day? Because as Todd mentioned, we'd like to broaden the, you know, broaden the scope beyond just the Duke Club and get people thinking about maybe the bigger picture. Yeah, so um, 
I am currently the vice president of the Alumni Association Board of Directors, um, and we serve to to steer the Alumni Association. And I think a lot of alumni aren't quite aware of the relationship of the Alumni Association to the university. So Mm -hmm. really, it's a nonprofit. It's separate from the university. Um, but works hand in hand with the Office of Alumni Relations, which is a part of the university. Um, and you know, our our mission um, generally is to to cultivate, sustain engagement and investment in, in JMU. And part of that is helping uh, the Office of Annual Giving push Giving Day. Um, so uh, you guys have talked about it before. It's our JMU's big one-day fundraising push. Um, and this year, the, the theme is Dukes Together with a two, the number two, because um, <laughs> it's on the ultimate Tuesday, oh. 2 22 So oh. pretty, pretty good marketing <laughs> there. Um, and yeah, I mean, the, the goal this year is uh, 3,250 people to make a gift. There are, like you mentioned, Duke Club. That's a huge one. Um, I know a lot of people make their their proud and true gift, or at least part of it, um, on Giving Day. Definitely would encourage you to do that. Duke Club helps students, and that is a great thing, especially now that we're moving up to the Sun Belt. Um, but there are all kinds of funds you can support, really anything you're passionate about. Um, there will be some featured funds. The mm-hmm. website is givingday.jmu.edu. If you need more information, you can go there. You can email giving at jmu.edu. I think that kind of covers that. I've got a little bit more if you want me to keep going, but yeah, no, we'll we'll get to it. Yeah. Cause uh, yeah, I mean, we've, so I'm proud to say we already set up our uh, Duke club, our proud and true gift for the year on our, on our quarterly giving schedule, like usual. Uh, so, you know, not that we won't, don't want to support for giving day, but uh, you know, the other things are really, uh, something we want to hear about. I know for me personally, Trip, I've always like, you know, I'm an old English major, tried to do something with the English department. Last year I got all excited because there was a big push for furious flower poetry center. And then they got like an enormous external gift or grant last year. Right. So I, that doesn't seem like the thing I should be focusing on this year. Um, so, you know, what are some of the other things that, that the alumni association would, would think about or, or, you know, like to talk about a little bit this year? Yeah. I mean, there are, when I say you can donate to pretty much anything, I, <laughs> I think there are a number of options. I'm not sure what the featured gifts are or the featured programs are this year, but I know like I'm a, I was a history major, so, um, College of Arts and Letters has mm-hmm. a newer fund um, that Dean Aguirre set up called the Opportunity Fund to help first-generation students get into JMU and, and be able to afford that education. I know that's going to be one of the featured funds. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're a music major, there are fine arts things you can focus on. There are business things you can focus on. And, and the day of Giving Day, you know, you open up that web page, and there's going to be all kinds of you know, you can pick your school, you can donate to um, the Duke Club, you can donate to, you know, English departments mm-hmm. fund. I, I mean, I don't know that there's any limitation. Um, the, the push that I know of from annual giving and, and advancement is really student scholarship. So anything that you can can donate to support student uh, student scholarships and mm-hmm. uh, keeping them at JMU is always a good thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think you've covered a lot of, um, you know, a lot of the sort of substantive parts of this. Um, but from an alumni association standpoint, before we get to just pure fun stuff tonight, because we are going to have some fun with all the great questions we got <laughs> um, from listeners today, is what kind of events are happening around Giving Day this year? And I'm yeah. guessing that's one of the things that uh, alumni association plays a part in yeah great question and that is more of the the crux other than you know the the people pushing 
pushing events and pushing the day on their social media accounts, but there are a number of regional events. Uh, you can go to alumni.jmu.edu slash jmugivingday2022, and there'll be a list of all kinds of events all over the place. I know uh, here in Richmond, they are doing a happy hour. I think it's from like eight, five to eight at Jack Brown's um, here mm-hmm. in, in Richmond. And I know in the past, Jack Brown's has kind of thrown some of the proceeds from the day in um, to that. Um, if you're in Harrisonburg, uh, the Giving Day HQ is at the AUBC. And from six to eight, they're doing a Giving Day happy hour. So those of you in Harrisonburg, stop by there. Um, they're also doing a Giving Day ambassador program. So you can sign up for that on the Giving Day website. If you get folks to donate through your personal link, through your social media, uh, or an email you send out, um, you have an opportunity to get some some swag. So uh, I would encourage you to do that. I'll be doing that. I'll be pushing it all day. I get I get distracted uh, watching the Giving Day counter on on Giving Day. So <laughs> good good news is my boss is a JMU alum, so I don't think he cares. Yeah, that helps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think Rob and I are. We have some we have some sweet pullovers from a few years back. Mine's starting to get a little beat up. Mine is, um, and it's got the old JMU logo. I need to replace it with the updated M. Yeah, is, yeah. Which is not so new anymore. That's how old that thing is. Yeah, right, right, right. But that thing was a sweet. Yeah, it's a nice one. Oh, it was great. The Nike <laughs> golf pull yeah. yeah, it was terrific. Three quarters yeah. in. Yeah. Trip well, also, thank like, you, how Trip, people, for all of that. Yeah. Can, can we? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to talk over you, Todd. But in addition to Giving Day, can you tell people a little bit how they can get involved in the Alumni Association or how they can find a chapter in their area? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, the JMU Alumni Association is all volunteer driven, right? So uh, folks on the alumni board of directors, I know you've talked to Eric Bolin before, he's the past president. Um, Zach Hitty, friend of the pod, um, is on there with me. Um, I can't, I won't name everybody because then I'll get, I'll leave somebody out, but um, a lot of fans on, on the board. But, um, you know, there's volunteers all over the country and actually all over the world. We have some uh, overseas ambassadors in like London. And I think there's one in Switzerland. Um, a friend of mine was in Germany. He, he had signed up. He's back in the States now. But uh, there are opportunities for you to be a, an ambassador if there's not a chapter in your area. But there's also regional chapters, Richmond, uh, Harrisonburg, Metro Dukes up in y'all's area, Charlotte, Dallas, Fort Worth, they're all over the place. Um, and you, you can find more information about the chapters at the alumni website. So alumni.jmu.edu. Um, and, and the Alumni Association, I, I, I hope people know this, but I think a lot of people don't. Um, it, it's not a dues-based membership. It's a free thing. As soon as you have your 12 credits that you would be considered an alumni from JMU, you are a member of the Alumni Association. So, you know, Duke's from day one, Alumni for Life, the T-shirts that they give out. Uh, I'm sure you guys have seen the Upside Down fight song T-shirts. Fight Those song, are yeah. from the Alumni Association. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I've been involved with the Alumni Association since I graduated from law school when I actually had time um, so since like 2012 in Richmond and now on the, the full board overseeing everything. Um, but we just encourage people to, to go to events, spread the word on social media. Um, oh, I, I forgot to mention there are affinity chapters too. So, um, you know, there's a cheerleading affinity group. There's an MRD affinity group, uh, the black alumni chapter. There's a new lavender chapter um, that supports LGBTQ plus uh, alumni and students. So really a lot of cool opportunities and uh, would encourage everybody to go check that out on the website and reach out to me. If you have any, if you have any questions or, you know, uh, want to learn more, I'm happy to talk to anybody about it. Cool. Thank you. And what's the best way to reach you? Uh, you can hit me up on Twitter at JMU Tripster at on Instagram at JMU Tripster. There's a theme. Uh, my email is triphughes. Uh, with two P's at gmail.com. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Trip. Well, well, That's awesome. Thanks, Trip. Yeah. Appreciate you coming on and, and telling people not only about Giving Day, but about you know, 
the Alumni Association. I, I got a bit, I had no idea that you were um, automatically enrolled, so to speak, after 12 credits. That's kind of interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, and um, no offense if you guys thought this, I think a lot of people think the Alumni Association is annual giving. So you get an email or you get a mailing asking for a donation. You think it's from the Alumni Association. It's really from, you know, uh, annual giving. Um, but we're all on the same team, right? So I would never discourage mm-hmm. you from from giving to JMU or giving to Duke Club or however you want to support students is uh, absolutely what I what I want for for JMU. So yeah, no, oh, that's awesome. it's, it's it's definitely something we don't we're, I don't know we don't explore enough the the differentiation there, I guess, um, and and the part that the alumni association really is all volunteer efforts. Um, you know, an, an important link of communication to the school, but not the school per se. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and you know, uh, we work, we're working on a new strategic plan. It's a little, uh, behind, a little inside baseball for you, but trying to think about better ways to engage alumni. So like me coming on your podcast is a great way for me to engage other alumni and inform them about the Alumni Association and, and encourage them to reach back out to us. I mean, it, COVID obviously had a, a giant impact on regional chapters holding events. They're starting to ramp back up. So hopefully it also provides a link back to people, back to alumni, um, mm-hmm. and just keeping everybody connected to JMU. That's, you know, your, your alumni experience is hopefully tens times longer um, than your four <laughs> years. So Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. yeah. And it's been fun for us just on, I mean, even with just with social media, like kind of, you know, over the years, like getting to know a few alum, alumni association people from around the country in a way that, you know, it's just fun to see what, what's going, what the Phoenix Dukes are doing or the LA chapter, or, you know, that's always a fun thing for us you know, especially when we get to the playoffs or something like that. Yeah, for sure. You know, and there's a lot of interest. So yeah, check it out. It's, it's everywhere in your area. Um, I can tell you there's a couple really good chapters in North Carolina and, you know, find a way to get involved. It's really fun. And there's no, you know, they're not, we're here to talk about giving day tonight, but there's no ask of you to get involved with the alumni association. Right. Right. Yeah. And and I don't know, Todd, if you want to talk about, you know, Sunbelt and alumni association stuff. Now you want to talk about it later, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, this is why we wanted to have some fun tonight. We, we put out a call for some random questions tonight and we thought we'd let uh trip actually ask us the first one. Um, and actually your first one trip, I, I think was going to be something about like events, right. That we've, that Rob and I have, ha- yeah. have enjoyed. Right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll toss the softball at you. What, what, um, what are one or two memorable alumni events that you guys have, have attended in the past or that you'd want to see in the future? Yep. Rob, Todd, you want to go first? Or yeah, I'll go first. Go yeah. First. I, hopefully I won't hit this one under the unpadded fence um, down the left of the line. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, that's too early still. It's too early. Okay. Yeah. So it is way too early. I know. I think about it like once a week. Um, yeah. Uh, well, I, I mean, this is too easy because I, I was fortunate enough to go to the alumni conference. Um, the annual conference at JMU in the summer twice uh, and have had a great time. And I have to say that like super informative, you know, Rob and I kind of got invited because actually because of giving day um, really, and some work we had done with that, but I, I didn't learn anything about giving day. And, you know, I don't know that I contributed all that much to the conference myself, but it was really informative for me. Uh, so that's a really fun one. And uh, especially if you're kind of like doing any kind of the ambassadorships or, you know, in my case, I was in Greensboro at the time and, and didn't have a formal alumni chapter, but we were trying to, you know, promote the alumni association in North Carolina, um, even, you know, with two more formal chapters in Raleigh and Charlotte. And, uh, you know, just that was a really great event. And then the other one that comes to mind for me, I, I I helped, I think, set up. We we did a. Who did we play, Rob? L- Long Island, Brooklyn. L I U Brooklyn. L I U Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Yeah. yeah, the men's basketball tournament 
um, in the play-in game. Mm-hmm. And of course, that was in the 2013 NCAA tournament, and that was uh, on we extremely short notice. Yeah, yeah, like we it wasn't really alumni association, but it was kind of alumni adjacent event, and that's the kind of thing that I just think of like love to see the. I think the alumni association could play a great role. Like we were able to kind of pull off an event um, at a bar in Arlington because we had enough dorks, like, you know, yeah. with us, like, uh, uh, um, but that was something where like selection Sunday was on Sunday and the game was on Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, and it's always like, I always look to the alumni association to like come up with those events um, on short notice. So those are a couple. Rob, what about you? Did didn't you did you have one here? Yeah, I did. Like Trip, I, I know this is probably not going to be great for what you're asking for, which is new ideas. But um, I really like just the watch parties, and I, I think I've really come to appreciate how much I like them when they went away during COVID. I think it's just a fun way to go, and you know, it's an easy icebreaker to meet new people. You can talk about the game, and you know, you're sitting there. But one thing Todd and I were talking about earlier today, and I, I think you were you were with us, you know, before the show. At one point, Jamie did like co-watch parties with, I think it was William and Mary. And mm-hmm. I obviously don't want to ever do anything with any CAA alumni association ever <laughs> again. But I do think it would be cool to do some sort of like, hey, get to know the Sunbelt type watch parties with, with a App State or a Georgia Southern or something like that. Like co, co-events, I think are kind of neat to kind of build those rivalries and build that camaraderie. Um, and then I also, I'm very embarrassed to admit, I've never been to Crab Fest and I've had it mm. on my list to do for years. And I always have, you know, soccer or baseball or something with the kids, but I think that's just a great event. I know the alumni association gets rave reviews every year for doing it with, with the Metro Dukes, but that's one I'd like to do. But otherwise, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty easy. Like, um, I, I like the alumni happy hours. I like to watch parties. I do like sometimes when they bring like the speakers the DC where they invite professors or algae or something like that. I always think that's cool to get some mm-hmm. sort of, I don't know, pseudo intellectual thing where, where we can pretend <laughs> like, like we're, you know, like we're not really just there for the free drinks and food. Um, if there's some sort of uh, real like intellectual or an opportunity to hear from a professor or a guest lecture, I think that's some sort of, sort of cool too. Yeah. Cool. That's awesome. And, and I'll hit on a couple of things real quick. Uh, Mac, I'm pretty sure I'm safe to say this. Mac is coming back. Um, it's the second weekend in June. Um, so you guys are welcome to come. I, I, the invitation is is for any alumni, but it is geared towards the alumni volunteers that, that lead affinity and regional chapters um, or are interested in, in creating one or, or doing one. Um, the watch parties, always love the watch parties when you can't get to Bridgeforth. I know here in Richmond, we've gotten flack a couple of times because people are like, oh, it's only two hours. But, um, you know, being a new a new dad myself, I understand how difficult it can be to get uh, up to Harrisonburg. So I like having that opportunity. And that is one thing where the Alumni Association really supports sports is through those watch parties. Um, Richmond, Richmond does quite a few. And I know folks around the country do as well. Um, and then, yeah, the the rivalry watch parties is an awesome idea. I I remember going to one. Mate, I think it was at William and Mary, um, and it was weird. It was like in their field house or something. Does that sound right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it, you it know, was, we had one was... in DC. It was at Coyote Ugly. <laughs> like, <to give> <laughs> yes, it was. How long was. That was the 2004 run. Yeah. Wow. Yes, yeah. and but, and it's. JMU lost. It was the last second film with a regular season game, but it was really fun. You know, there were, there were mostly JMU fans, but there's some William Mary fans. And it was like a fun back and forth banter. Um, I don't know. It was cool. I would like to do something like that with the Sunbelt alumni. Yeah. And, and, you know, we have chapters in Hampton Roads. So you got ODU down there. Uh, Todd mentioned, you guys mentioned Charlotte and Atlanta. Um, there's one in Charleston. So kind of close to coastal. Um, mm-hmm. and then there actually is one in San Antonio. Uh, so we'd be close to Texas state there yeah. and a huge, really active group in, in Dallas, Fort Worth. So definitely opportunities. And, um, you know, if there's alumni out there listening that are, are close to, uh, Louisiana or Troy or 
whoever else, like, let's get it going. I, I would love yeah. to be able to support those, those guys and uh, get Dukes together. And I, I have the dream of traveling to each Sunbelt school for an away game. So yeah, we'll see what happens, but. Nice. Yeah, that's great. That's awesome. I think that's yeah. cer- certainly something I would participate in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and with that, let's move on to um, some fun questions we got from our listeners today. Uh, <laughs> and and these are this is also a roundabout way. We may come back to some uh, just sort of news and notes. I, I had started written up some things I wanted to talk about, but I think most of them have been co- have come up in these questions. So we'll we'll see what we cover first. Uh, our first couple are coming from um, at Richard Dean JMU, uh, always a good supplier of these questions. Um, and, and this also hits on a topic I think we all want to laugh at today, which is uh, over under on the number of Conference USA games canceled in the fall of 2022. So Ooh, I don't boy. know. I mean, for anybody that didn't see it, I think everybody listening probably probably did. Conference USA, um, I don't know. They just, I mean... I, I, I saw a Southern Miss person call them a corn cob ass conference today, <laughs> which I don't know what that means, but it was funny. Yeah. Um, they put out their fall football schedule with Southern Miss, Old Dominion, and Marshall on it, despite like all signs pointing to those schools not participating in that schedule. Um, and then they turned off the comments yeah. from their announcement, which the was really, part. really clap. Like that was a very Ooh. CAA move, right? <laughs> there, there. Yeah, that really like, is. That's... Um, yeah. Um, and this was all in a day when the Horizon League, who had tried to take the CAA path of kicking Illinois Chicago out of the spring sports tournaments, winter and spring sports tournaments for uh, I don't know where I have no idea where the UIC flames are headed to, um, but they they have announced they're leaving, and then the Horizon League reversed course today, uh, while putting out a very like angry at Illinois Chicago administration like statement, but also was like we can't kill the kids in this. Um, so yeah, anyways, I just love that the CAA has just covered itself in glory over and over and over again. Um, this year thanks to this uh but what did you guys i mean so are is there any way that these games so presumably the sunbelt is going to put out a schedule also having southern miss marshall and old dominion on it right i would think so i mean uh, todd from the lawyer's perspective yeah uh, i see them they they release this schedule so they can say look you've damaged us um that's yeah. really the pessimistic way to look at it. But, yeah. you know, I, I, I can't imagine. And Marshall, well, I saw Marshall put out a statement saying, we're sticking to the statement we made last week that we're leaving. So <laughs> who knows? I mean, this will be uh, get your popcorn ready type situation, I think. Yeah. No, Trippie's right. Like, y'all are, y'all are definitely like the lawyers and you understand the ins and outs. But clearly, this is about money. They don't actually think that these teams are going to play in Conference USA. They are doing whatever they can to kind of cover their bases so they can set up for some sort of settlement or payment. Like, this is this is crazy. Like, this is just – it's nuts. Like, no, you're playing on – you know, you're playing such and such team on Saturday. And they're like, no, you're not. We're playing App State. And like, oh, yeah? I mean, it's, it's lunacy. Like, this is just it, – it seems so petty, but this has got to be just geared up around, like, each party trying to – to build up the biggest case for their their version of a settlement, however this is. There's no way, none of these games are taking place. ODU, Southern Miss, and Marshall, they're not playing a single seat Conference USA game. So what, whatever that is, right. th- that's I'm going under. You know? right, right. Well, and, and the weird thing here is it's actually dumber from Conference USA than it is, I can't believe I'm saying this, but it's dumber from them than it is from CAA. I mean, I guess it's all just posturing for the money, which is fine. But the CAA, I mean... I'm not advocating their position, but they don't care what, like Jamie is leaving, not just the conference, but they're leaving the subdivision, right? Yeah. I mean, from a football and revenue standpoint, like they don't, if they burn that bridge, they don't care that much either. Where Conference USA is like trying to position itself as still being like a viable entity in the group of five. And this just makes them look like a clown car. 
yes. compared to the other conferences. Even like I don't, you know, the CAA wasn't trying to compare itself to the Sun Belt. They were just mad at JMU. Yeah, like, this feels like really cutting off your nose. And they already have like Liberty's going to be there to play. Like they're ready. I don't know what the Sam Houston. I have not followed the Sam Houston Jacksonville State preparations, or I don't think they're jumping like JMU. Um, so obviously, like scheduling is an issue for the Conference USA, and like you said, Trip, it's probably about like showing, proving their damages to a certain extent. Um, but yeah, it's just wild. What a what a, what a, what a lunatic! I mean, they're clearly the worst Group of Five conference, and they're making themselves look like the worst Group of Five conference. Yeah. Um, good good news is that JMU Middle Tennessee State game is uh is still on the schedule. So. Oh hell yes. All right. We, we, yeah. Well, maybe maybe I'll be regretting saying what I just said. <laughs> um, yeah. I hope I hope not. But uh, yeah. Um, and, and Richard actually asked us another question. Um, that was also a good one that I thought we would talk about. I think Rob and I have actually uh we're going to talk about this. So for everybody that doesn't know, next week we're going to start our get to know the Sun Belt series. And we will be kicking off the first two weeks with both Louisiana schools. So we will be starting in the Sunbelt West. And Richard's other question was, what is the Sunbelt West destination you are most looking forward to traveling to? Um, he said he was looking forward to Lafayette mainly for the food. Uh, what about you, Trip? Yeah, I, I can't argue with that. Uh, mm -hmm. That's probably the one for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Rob, do you have one here? I think I might have two. I'm kind of torn. Uh, I, I got to be honest. I kind of have blinders on when it comes to the Sun Belt because I'm solely focused on the East. East I mean, yeah. Lafayette is, is the East. That's the layup right there where you got the food. Um, I, I I don't know. What's, where's the um, Texas State? Yeah, it's San Marcos. That's, yeah, yeah, San Antonio area. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I, mean, I, I got to go. Yeah. I'm taking Louisiana. Oh God, I got two. Well, one and a half. I mean, my the one that is a little bit. I South Al is going to be a fun one. I mean, I don't know. You go to the beach, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, good point, right? I mean, you're going to go to Mobile. I don't know what if that's in November. That might be a cool trip. Um, and then the other one, I know it's Jonesboro, but I, I'd love to go ride my bike in Arkansas. So I know there's like a billion trails there. I think Jones yeah, is a long uh, way from Bentonville, but yeah. you know, Arky state might be, um, might be on the radar someday too. And I do feel like that may be more, I mean, South Alabama, I don't, I don't, I'm not real aware of their fan base in any way yet. Um, where Arkansas state feels like one of those like Lafayette, uh, like Southern Miss is going to be as well. Um, where there's like a real, it's going to be a fun atmosphere when those teams are good. So those will be, you know, they have some history of being good. So those are kind of mine. Um, next one. Oh, uh, we'll go along this line. Um, at Craig Mack asked, what is our the non-football away game we would most like to go to? Um, and it could, we, you could give a regular season and a playoff. So, I, you know, I don't know what playoff – I don't know how you define playoff. I guess you can define it any way you want. Um, to me, regular season would, would be mostly uh, Sunbelt related, right? Yeah. <laughs> the away game you'd most like to go to. And a playoff could be in any sport, you know, what, what's the event you'd like to go to. So, Rob, what about you this time? Um, I'd like to go see Jamie play at App State in baseball. And yeah. I, I admittedly don't know much about baseball, but I'm sure you guys have seen uh -huh. this kind of viral picture that's going around about App State Stadium that's just kind of settled right mm -hmm. in the mountains. And it just looks like this idyllic little place in, in Boone and right there. I think that'd be really fun just because I'd like to get around and spend a weekend in Boone and, you know, get mm -hmm. a chance to, to, if you can do that around a, a Jamie sporting event, I feel like it's all the, all the better. Good. Trip, you got one here? Yeah, I, I would say uh, I'm going to go with baseball too. I'm going to go coastal yep. and hit the beach and watch some baseball i i think that sounds pretty awesome um i've been to app state and the last time i was there um i need to wash that taste out of my mouth that was that yeah. 2007 <laughs> uh fumble when they could have just oh, kicked the field goal the yeah, oh, i didn't bring it geez. up but uh 
yeah, yeah. The, the coastal baseball, I think that would be, that'd be pretty cool to see. Yeah. Well, uh, my truthful answer is Louisiana softball. Mm-hmm. Um, for sure. I knew you were going to say that, but, which is why I didn't. So. Yeah. The other <laughs> one that's the obvious layup I have to take though. It, and and I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm a little bit nervous about this one, but I can't wait to go to ODU for men's and women's yeah. hoops. Oh Yeah. Again, like old school, <laughs> you know, let's do this. I mean, this is does that count as spring? Us, is that right? like at, where, where are we drawing the line? Like, I, I, I don't know, but that's non football, yeah, right? Yeah, it's so, non football, I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, but old dominion for men's basketball is about as good, you know, it's that, that's what we've all been missing from our lives the last 10 years, right? Well, what we were missing, so, Rob and I uh, were I just mean, going, yeah, we were going with the non <laughs> the obvious answers, and we just left those for you, Dad. Oh, okay. No, no. You, you all know oh. what I'm talking about. Like, have you seen that picture on Twitter of App State's stadium, kind of just oh, settled yeah. right there in the mountains? Oh, it, yeah. It looks, it looks amazing. Like, uh, I'm sure in person, you're like, oh. oh wow, look, it's a field with trees around it. Like, <laughs> you're not, you're not looking at it from a drone perspective, but it looks cool to go down there and do some yeah. trout fishing. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I mean, Southern Miss baseball. Yeah. Louisiana, like all the, these are going to, these are going to be fun, right? <laughs> like, some of yeah. this is going to be cool. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So we got a question. I, I tried to figure this out. I don't know. Maybe you guys know this better than I do. We got this one from at TJ Stefano. Uh, he was asking about like the transfer portal rule. And if we could mm-hmm. explain like how the new quarterback for JMU is able to like, basically a bunch of players seem to be transferring twice. Yeah. Um, and, and not just the JMU. This is, I, I, I mean, his question was focused on the JMU player, but it was just generally so. There's a one-time free transfer in the portal era, like for anyone, where you don't have to sit out anymore. But yeah. I think the other reasons for transfers without sitting out still exist, right? So if you're a graduate transfer, we're going to talk about Sarah Jubas in just a second. But if you're a graduate transfer, you don't have to sit out. You can still play. Um, you know, so if you transfer, I, I assume if you transfer down, which doesn't count for JMU, I, I actually don't know how J, where JMU fits into this world this year. Um, but if you transfer down, you don't have to sit out a year, which has you know benefited the Dukes a lot in the past. So I, I, I don't know all the, the ins and outs of like what are the other exemptions from this, but I do know, you know, there's a one-time free transfer and then there's still other reasons you might be allowed to transfer. So I, I assume that it's one of those things. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if anybody yeah, else I mean, knows yeah. first, I, Well, just first of all, like, yep. I, I mean, God bless Tim. I, I hope he has better sources of information than us. Like, it's just, it's just scary <laughs> that you would go to us. As a sort yeah, of yeah don't ask us a real question. We don't know the other one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think <laughs> it is what you said, Tom. Like, there was kind of that, everybody got the one-time exemption. And then I believe Teddy, who he's asking about, or, or Todd, I'm sorry, um, Todd sent to you. Is he a grad transfer at all? He, he, he maybe. I don't know if there's COVID flexibility still. There's I like, there's like <laughs> COVID, I feel like all bets were off. They let everybody transfer <laughs> and they pretty much said, hey, everybody can say it's a hardship, you know, due to COVID. Um, there yeah. is the traditional hardship where just like if your family, if you've got a sick family member and you're transferring mm-hmm. back within a certain mile radius, I believe mm-hmm. it was like, yeah. but basically it's a free for all. Let's not kid ourselves. Like we can, we can try to like act like we know what's going on and define these things, but it's basically the NCAA being arbitrary and capricious. And yes. Yeah. We have there, no- there are rules, but people will find a way to get around them. Um, they are yeah. relaxing. The, the rules and the way they enforce them. And while we all kind of complain when it's our players or players from our teams on the way out, I think mm-hmm. objectively we need to realize like, it's okay. These are students. These are, these are 18 to 20 year old people. If they're going to switch schools and do everything like it's not that big of a deal. Like we hate to see Julius Wells leave, but objectively speaking, am I going to sit around and Julius Thankfully, Wilson. Julius Wells didn't leave. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he did not leave. But like, you he, see Antoine Wells leave, but it's like, objectively speaking, he's an 18, 22-year-old kid. Let him go do what he wants and pursue his, his you know, educational and athletic uh, goals. Um, that said, we, uh, we, what'd you guys think about Coach's tweet this week? Yeah, I'm okay with it. I don't think it was as much direct shot across the bow as everybody else. 
it definitely was it was a little bit of subtweet but i also think it was a, a more more general like hey you know what there are good players everywhere um if it was yeah. a little bit of a of a tweak and you know needling needling wells sure but it wasn't this like you know, coming off the top rope trying to kill the guy like a lot of people think it was. No, I mean, I, I was torn about it because I was like, I don't, it's a, it's a risky call, right? On one hand, I'm sure that uh, Wells has a lot of friends in that lock in the JMU locker room right now. And you don't want to like mm-hmm. be over the top at your former player who's friends with all those guys. But at the other chance, it's like, it's a message to, to the locker room, which, you know, it was, the tweet was about, Cooper Cup won the Super Bowl MVP, and, and it was like you don't have to play in the SEC to win the you know to be great sort of thing, um, which is all it's true. Also, yeah, it's just but, objectively true, you know. Right? Yes, it's objectively true. But it also like Cooper Cup got drafted in the third round, and maybe he should have been drafted in the first. Like I, you know, like I I don't know, yeah. right? If he plays at Washington instead of Eastern Washington, who knows, right? I have no. You no know idea. what though? It, it won't go because it's forty time. The NFL is still so archaic with the way yes, they evaluate true. players. Yeah. It's his 40 time. Like, it's just, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I didn't think it was as bitter as some fans seem to think it was or as biting. I just thought it was like, hey, you know what? Yeah, it obviously comes a little bit harder with, with given the news of this, this uh, offseason. But I thought it was more like a general statement and saying like, hey, you know, G5 FCS, we got good players too. Come here and do your best and you can go pro. Yeah, I think that's more the way that I, I don't know. I, I like that. Yeah, I, I agree. Problem. I think that's where he was coming from. Yeah. So our next one was one that Trip had actually uh, sent to us, and then we got it sent to us anyways. <laughs> um, was from at Mr. Dorf, Mr. Underscore Dorf on Twitter, um, and he was wondering about what we thought about. Uh, so uh, news came out a little bit this week that Odyssey Alexander is taking a volunteer graduate assistant position uh, with North Carolina with the Tar Heels uh, this this year uh, as a coach. This is really weird and a little bit frustrating in softball because they're only allowed to have two paid assistant coaches under current NCAA rules. And this is one of those things in a lot of these uh, Olympic sports that's really even including basketball, but I mean, especially the non-basketball, um, non-basketball, non-football sports that I know is extremely frustrating to universities, which is that they can't hire they can't pay more assistant coaches. And so you're just like, I don't know, for all the like gnashing of teeth about NIL and all the stuff about students, there's also kind of a lack of opportunity for getting your start in the game for coaches, young coaches. Um, and a lot of them, uh, Coach Wayne, we're thinking of you there with Jamie Softball. But like, uh, you know, there's a lot of these people who really end up in this position where they're not it's just hard, hard to get your foot in the door, even for someone like Odyssey Alexander. And, uh, you know, people were obviously, you know, it came up because she's going where Sarah Jubas is playing. And I don't know if you guys saw, but uh, she picked up right where she left off last June, this weekend. Yep. The Tar Heels came out of the gate 4-0, a uh, very surprising 4-0. Um, and Sarah Jubas had many RBIs <laughs> uh, for them this week in, in a couple of like pretty good games. So, I don't have, I mean, look, I don't know what you guys think, but I, I thought it was newsworthy for us and for our listeners uh, that Odyssey's going to coach at Chapel Hill. But I don't think there was any, the question was like, how come we can't bring her home? Part of the problem is like, we have a full staff and we already have a volunteer graduate assistant coach. Like, like I don't know how all that works, you know? So I, I don't think it's like a shot from Odyssey or from Coach Laporte. I think it's just the way it works out. I don't know how, that, that would be my guess. So. Yeah, no, I, I think it's an awesome opportunity for her, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. and, and sorry, step on you there, no. Rob, but yeah, I mean, when I pitched the question, it was more like in jest. Like, I would love to have Sarah Jubas here. I know she went oh. for graduate school and and is still playing softball, so that's an incredible achievement in it of itself. But um, to have Odyssey there with her has got to be pretty cool. So. An yeah. awesome opportunity for for her, and I hope it gets her foot in the door to to do more things in softball if she wants to go coach. I think it's great. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, it, Todd. It, it, I think yeah. you hit on the bigger part. Like, I've got no problem with her going to UNC. In fact, I'm actually really excited for her. I think it's awesome. 
that she's going to go get some experience. And I think it makes a lot of sense to get it away from JMU. Um, mm-hmm. We were actually viewed as, you know, a coach versus a former teammate, you know, yeah, um, both from JMU's point. perspective and Odyssey's perspective. You know, I think it's great. The bigger problem is the fact that it's volunteer nonsense. I mean, that, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's crazy. So like if anybody's going to be faux outraged or Twitter outraged about things, they should be annoyed about the fact that you've got somebody who's looking to break into the coaching industry and is forced to do it you know, on a volunteer basis. That's crazy. Right. Um, I think it's really cool. It's a weird coincidence that she's, you know, coaching her former teammate in Sarah Judas, but <laughs> I think it's awesome. You know, I, yeah. I think it's, it would be great for the game of softball and for JMU if Odyssey went on and, you know, became a really strong head coach someday and, you know, God willing, end up back at JMU. That'd be great. But this is just the first step. I thought it was terrific. I was really excited to hear that she's, you know, apparently trying to make a go of, of finding a career in softball. Um, mm-hmm. Really, really awesome. I just, the entire notion of the volunteer um, kind of makes me laugh when you think about the NCAA and all the money out there and these these artificial restrictions on the number of coaches that can be paid. Yeah, it, it doesn't seem – yeah, yeah, I think that's right. I don't, I don't know what else to say. I just – that's a kind of a weird – it's a weird thing for all the money we pay head coaches in some of the major sports. You know, you've got people living then in we near set poverty. limits on the like number yeah. that we're allowed to pay. Like, I'm not yeah. saying that wouldn't potentially create greater disparity between the haves and the haves nots, but it also like seems like, come on, like Chapel Hill or JMU should be able to hire a fourth assistant coach or pay them something, you know, like. Yeah, yeah. People are like, oh, it's anti-competitive. Yeah. At the same time, if Chapel has some money and they can afford to pay Odyssey, they should pay Odyssey. You know? Right, right, right. I'm like, yeah, come on. Yeah. Uh, a couple of fun ones. I don't have a lot of uh, quick things on this. Uh, Wexelsier, who always sends us one, says, "When is JMU adding curling?" Uh, I don't know. That seems like a Richmond Alumni Association question more than a, <laughs> more than a JMU question. I think there's like multiple curling facilities now, or curling startups in the in the rva yeah right? it's my, that's my understanding there is a curling club in <laughs> richmond that would be um I, I haven't i don't have time to look into that but yeah I, I heard that recently yeah well maybe we should have an alumni association curling event there you go we should yes I, we a, are bond spiel, a jmu alumni association bond spiel all right is it did i say that right i have no idea actually sure but i may have looked this up already but <laughs> And, um, and for us, Rob, we don't have one around here. We have to drive to like Lanham, Maryland, or something. No, no, there's one at the wharf. Oh, they do it, like on Wednesday nights. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, we can. And then there's another bar in DC that has some version of curling, but it, it's not like real curling. It's more like shuffleboard on ice. Like you don't gotcha. really um, get down on your on your hands and knees. But <laughs> yeah, which that would that would be awesome. Something like that would be super super fun. Yeah, that really would be fun. Actually, writing it, like writing it down. Yes, all right. And then we got some pop culture questions that I have no idea about, but I have to say them because the two people that sent them, Michael Tuklutch, who always, you know, look, he's our guy. Um, He's been he's been doing the 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 Lord's work, hyping other JMU accounts lately. I don't know. Um, I I don't. I'm terrible to say this, but I'm not a. I don't know. um, He wanted to know what our favorite Always Sunny in Philadelphia episode is. I think he has a strong opinion on which one is the correct answer, but I don't have any of those episodes. I don't have an opinion on this. So I don't know if anyone else does. <laughs> oh, I, I do. I do. Okay. And, good. Todd, this is a good show. You guys tricked me to I, I believe you. you. Get... I, yeah. And I don't say like, I'm not fanatical, about it. I have not watched it um, mm-hmm. like week in week out. Like I have mm-hmm. some other shows, but every single time I've tuned in, I've laughed myself silly you need to kind of abandon the entire notion of um, trying to find the characters likable. Mm-hmm. They're all just despicable people. And that's kind of the fun of it. But mm-hmm. I would say my, my two favorite episodes would be the gang beats Boggs, which is when they attempt to recreate the urban legend of Wade Boggs was drinking like two oh, cases yeah. of beer. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> it's a very good episode. Where they, they just get, get blasted. And then obviously the Charty McDaniels um, where they, they, got their own game you know board game which is just hilarious which is pure chaos and everything like it's just funny like if you think of like if you if you approach that show from face value you're like oh my gosh these people are terrible but then if you actually look at what they're doing where they're making fun of like all the terrible terrible people 
<laughs> it's laugh out loud funny. So it's there's not a bad episode of that show. I do not know it like I know other shows, but um, I've never tuned in and regretted it. And one of these days, I got to go back and actually binge it in order and, and get the full experience. So that was a great question from yeah, Michael, and we appreciate it. What about you, Trip? It sounds like you watch it too. Yeah, my wife and I have watched it. Uh, we're we're trying to work our way through it chronologically, so I, I haven't mm-hmm. seen all of it yet. But the one that that Mike uh, referenced, the Nightman cometh, that is mm-hmm. a hilarious one. And the ones you said, too, I mean, there's not like you said, there's not one that you kind of watch and regret tuning in. There was one. I can't. Was there one that they go to like a, a ski chalet and they get? <laughs> Yeah, is that ringing a bell? I can't remember what yeah. it was called, but it was. I remember that being pretty hilarious. There's like a like the '80s ski school movie, yes. and they're making fun of it. It's pretty good. Yeah, okay. it's 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 really kind of genius television. I just I have such trouble because I never know what the heck FX is on my channel. I'm like, yeah, oh, I feel like it's always changing. Yep, and then our last one is from at Dave Butts. Um, comic book movies, yes or no? I assume this you know refers, you know, comic book slash superhero. Um, we got another a, a 19th edition of Batman coming out. Um, and then like we've been through what like a 15 year cycle of the MCU lately. Um, I'm like actually I, I've been up and down on this. I was like no and then I was yes and then I was no and now I'm I'm just I'm fine with them. Like they're not my favorite thing and I'm not a nerd about them. Uh, but when I like, the odd one that I see, I, I guess my big thing is I don't want to have to watch like 15 movies to grasp the fun of it. I, I just want, I like the ones that I can, you know, I, I don't know that I can occasionally just like, if, you know, I went to see black Panther. I really liked it. Right? Uh, you know, I've seen a couple of the versions of Spider-Man. I really like them, you know, but I don't know which I couldn't like talk to you with any uh, authority about which one is better than which other one or, you know, I don't know. There's no cross. I don't know the crossover universe in any way. So I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I, I I like them generally, and I I think I like the Marvel ones more. But I liked the Dark Knight trilogy of Batman movies. Those were just I thought incredible movies. Period. Um, Christopher Nolan just killing it. But um, I, I mean, I, I'm not to the point where I want to go see them in the movie theater anymore. Um, yeah, that's a good point. But, but like we have Disney plus, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you can watch them all there. So we, you know, we watched, uh, what Shang-Chi and the 10 rings. That was really good. And the Eternals was, I thought really good. Okay. Um, but you know, we, we watch them when we have the time to watch them. Nice. Yeah. So- I, I got to agree with both you guys. Like, I, I think they're cool. Um, I think it can be a little bit overwhelming. Like the MCU is fine. The movies are fun. I kind of feel like everybody's going through them, watching them in order and piecing it all together. And it all kind of just runs together. You know, and this might be blasphemous, but I, I do feel like you can jump in and just watch it for being the kind of, you know, fun superheroes fighting each other thing and not getting into the whole canon and enjoy uh-huh. it just as much. Um, I don't know. Like it, it's, I'm pro overall because they're just kind of fun popcorn flicks. And I think it's awesome that people want to go all in and they love those Easter eggs and piecing it all together. But I'm not there. You know, like it's just my <laughs> yeah. kids are all into it. Like my my oldest, my 13 year old, watches all the Marvel series and he knows it and that's his thing. And I think it's great. He and his friends, you know, they really enjoy it. I'm not one who's gonna get into the debates or be digging deep for the whole stories and how they connect. I think I like the ones that nobody else likes, honestly. Like, I love the Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp and um, Black Panther. Everybody loved Todd like you. I, th- I felt like that was love with Standalone. Uh-huh. But overall, like, they're just – they're fun popcorn flicks, and that's awesome. But I don't feel the need to dive in and, like, watch them all and learn them all. You know, it's interesting. Like, can I just enjoy it? Or do I need to actually invest time in thinking about what this all means? I don't want that. I just want to watch people punch each other and jump around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I don't, I don't mean to in any way suggest that we're above this. Um, no, like no, I I'm a guy who's spent like fun. large portions of the last the couple months, like binging The Witcher and Foundations. Like I, you know, like 
I just don't think of, um, I guess for me, who's like fantasy sci-fi dork, I never thought until like the last 10 years, it never occurred to me that the superhero comic book movies were like in the same genre as those things. And now there seems to be like, if you talk about one, you have to know about the other. And I don't, <laughs> I always, I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I guess on one hand, like I really admire how they crafted the entire thing to tie it all together. Like that fascinates me. But I also mm-hmm. feel like you can just tune into any movie and be entertained. And I kind of appreciate that without needing to watch every single one of the movies and shows. There, Yeah. Um, and it's funny, Trip, that you mentioned uh, the Christopher Nolan Batmans. Here's Rob and I who are like, wait, I'm not going to talk about Jack and a Prince yeah. soundtrack. And like, yeah. you know, like, like this is like the biggest thing of my like elementary school years, you know? Yeah. So I, I don't know. I guess we all have our own um, generations of that as well. So big thanks to everyone. I don't know if you guys have anything else. That's, that's the ones that I noticed uh, from today. I, big thanks to everybody who sent us some fun questions tonight. I didn't really, Oh, I guess the one other thing, we did get news today from Chris Vanini, who's been doing a lot of the like conference realignment reporting. I think it was, it might've even been, oh no, it was uh, Matt Brown from Extra Points that he checked in on the EA Sports college football game that's going to make its return with player NAL payments. And uh, JMU is going to be in the Sun Belt and in the game with like Bridgeforce Stadium in the game and everything. Uh, this is this was the one question I said people couldn't ask about because the answer is yes. I will like if I have to buy a new console, I will and be in and I will spend like multiple days um, getting JMU to the college football playoff and like over an eight year you know franchise mode run. So, yeah, me me too. I'll be I'm right there with you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, absolutely. I mean, this is wonderful news. I'm really glad to hear about this. I think they're probably, it sounded like, even going to have some FCS teams as well. I think JMU was probably likely to be in the game no matter what. Um, but pretty fun. Pretty fun to see. I, I would also encourage everybody, uh, Split Zone Duo, who is an offshoot of our you know, spiritual godfathers at Shutdown Fullcast. Uh, they do, a, in the middle of the, this this week's show, they do like a whole riff on how the Sunbelt East is going to be one of the most difficult uh, divisions in all of college football. And it, it actually scared Stack me. Stack it up against Pac-12 too, right? Yeah, yeah they, were, they were actually talking about how it was weird because there's a whole statistical analysis that they're, they're talking about where the Sunbelt East actually would have, including JMU and Old Dominion and Marshall, would now rank out as like the top division in all of the G5. And the Sun Belt West would rank out as the bottom division in all of G5 right now. Um, and they were just talking about like a lot of these conferences, because you're seeing this in the Big Ten now, there's kind of a movement to potentially get rid of the divisions. Uh, you know, for a while, the conference championship game is such a wonderful, it seemed like such a wonderful uh, money-making opportunity that they had to do this. Now I think some conferences are realizing maybe the be- you could still do that, but you could just have your two best teams in the game. Uh, which it all gets complicated because of the things Rob just said, which is we're really excited about the Sunbelt East. If it was its own conference, we'd be thrilled to be going there. Um, And in every other sport, there's no reason for JMU to travel to Texas state all the time. Uh, But there, they actually floated a pretty cool idea, which was maybe keeping like a pod system where you had two or three rivalry teams that you play every year. And then the rest of it rotates around and then the championship game becomes a one versus two. That's not division versus division. I, I don't know. I'm a little bit uh, in between on this. They were just talking about it from the standpoint of Sunbelt is going to be incredibly lopsided. Of course, they were also mentioning, unlike the Big Ten, uh, there's the potential that, you know, those things are not entrenched. Like the Sunbelt East is not entrenched as being like necessarily better forever in the way that the Big Ten, what are yeah, they it's called? a pendulum. Legends. Right, yeah, but like they have like Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State all on the same side of the bracket. The West is never going to be them, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, uh, I do think the Sun Belt East, though, is a little bit tilted in the East direction. Yeah. You know, you, just in terms of fan support and 
some other things. Like it's not overwhelming, and mm-hmm. certainly any team can catch fire and change things over a number of years. But you've got a really good, just a, a good core right there in the Sun Belt Leagues. I can't wait. Oh, it's gonna be awesome. I, and it's it's all about FCS history. It's the four, mm-hmm. right? It's the Georgia Southern, App State, Marshall, JMU core. That ODU. when you have the level of success that those four schools have had, you build a fan base. And that makes you care about it for decades to come. And yeah, I mean, I know Troy's in the other side had, you know, has had had their moments and stuff like that. But yeah, this is uh it's it's unique. I, I don't expect at the same time, I don't I don't think Southern Miss is gonna be terrible forever. They're gonna figure no. it out again. Right. So yeah. Uh, I kind of hope it's you know, with the injection of the new schools mostly into the East, it, it will raise the game in the West at, at some point too. Mm-hmm. I, I would have to hope, but I think the East definitely benefits from recruiting areas too. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I, don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I'm excited. I'm excited, period. Yeah. Send out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everything about it. Yeah. Yeah, those are really, that's just what we wanted to say was we're just uh, really excited. And in today's, I don't know, I, I mean, at some level, it was fun today with the Conference USA nonsense that, uh, like, we had our fight and our fight's over. And, I don't know, everybody's been paid whatever they need to pay. And uh, JMU's ready. We don't have to do this. We can just watch this from the sidelines now. Uh, but <laughs> should be a funny few weeks here. Uh, so... Anyways, thank you guys. Uh, thank everyone that, that submitted a question. Thanks to Trip for joining us. Trip, uh, it's awesome. We'll uh, talk to you. We'll be looking forward to hearing all the Alumni Association results next week and following along on the Giving Day counter with you and everyone else, right? Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, again, 22222, giving There you go. And what's the Alumni Association website? Alumni.jmu.edu. Thank there you. you yeah. Go. Cool. And uh, Rob, it's good to talk to you. We will be tuned in. Oh, I, they, you know, you guys have anything thoughts on hoops? I don't really have much to say. I, I just, I'm just, I wish people, there were a few things today that came out with, um, you know, where men's hoops in particular has ended up in the like, uh, you know, Ken Palm or net ratings. And it's lower than we all hoped. But I'm just not it's hard for me to overreact to anything with these two basketball teams in a year when they're not eligible for the postseason, Right. Yeah. I, I agree it's just with a you. Weird I think, year. Yeah. Injuries yeah. and, and not being able to compete in the championship. I mean, yeah, I, I can't, I can't take anything too seriously. No. And, and we talked to some of our own friends today. I it just no, they could lose every game. Maybe not every game, but they could lose almost every game. They're, the next couple of weeks and it wouldn't change my excitement for the Byington era and going into next year. And the fact that I would like choose this era over any of the previous two eras, like 10 times out of 10. And, and that's not even meant to be too, you know, you know, not, not to be mean about coaches or whatever, but just, I still feel like both programs are okay. And I'm not willing to like, have any ridiculous conversations on message boards at this point <laughs> there you go yeah and that's that was it uh you guys i'll talk to you rob i will talk to you next week we'll have softball to talk about and we will be talking about you all will be hearing from one of the louisiana schools next week uh at some point actually the next two weeks so really looking forward to getting to know both the raging cajuns and the warhawks I have that right? <laughs> Is it the war? I believe so, yeah. yeah. Yes, sorry. Yes. Um gonna be fun to uh it's gonna be it's gonna be really fun to hear about those schools. I am excited. We didn't we didn't even ask about Duck Dynasty on the Louisiana Monroe. Pod, so <laughs> it'll it'll be good. Yeah. Uh but trip, thank you, Rob, thank you, and uh talk to you guys uh soon. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thank you. Go Dukes. Go Dukes.
I'm going down to Charleston Through the shadow of the mountains This road winds To close up towns Forgotten dreams and welcome signs Fading far behind Coal country I'm thankful for the sun to die It didn't bat down from a federal flight Where the lead lies still and the smoke still rises On the Blair mountainside Cold country It put a roof Western skies. 